Hello, beautiful, and welcome to the podcast where we're moving the conversation forward about the choices you make in your daily life. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm here right alongside of you, learning, growing, observing, and trying to make better choices consciously and subconsciously. Together, we're going to become better versions of ourselves and have raw, honest, open conversations about the things that truly affect our lives. And maybe, just maybe, finally get to a place where everyone else's BS doesn't trigger us. rolling with the podcast. Um, I'm so excited to talk about this topic with you today because I know a large majority of um, the listeners either are going through this with younger children who still live in their household um, or are mature. Their kids are out of their house and they're kind of like, oh, great. I really fucked them up, didn't I? <laughs> but um yeah, so we met through, I was a part of your mastermind, and um, I didn't really uh, realize until later in the mastermind that we're the same age, but you have much older kids than I do. How old are your kids? So now my kids are 21, 20, and 14. Right, which is like just mind-blown because my <laughs> kids are like five and almost yeah. about to be eight. Um but we definitely have a similar journey of, uh, quote unquote, waking up, you know, having a spiritual awakening, moving through our BS. And I think one of the things that obviously we've both lived through and are still living through, but have friends around us who um, are trying to do it too, but get really overwhelmed and almost stop because it's like too much. They can't handle it all, which is totally understandable right so I wanted to have you know just a really open and honest conversation about healing during motherhood oh I love this topic (laughs) (laughs) so how how old were you and how old were your kids when you started to realize like "Mm, life isn't what I necessarily want it to be So for me, I went through a spiritual awakening. It was in 2020 and like, I feel like so many people, right. And at the time, so it was, I was 39 turning 40 at the time. And then my kids were, I had a senior in high school, a junior in high school, and then a fifth grader. So elementary school at the time. And oh my gosh, it was so hard. It was so hard because not only like was, I felt like it was navigating being a mom. It was navigating COVID. It was navigating like this complete like identity crisis, right? Like that comes along with a spiritual awakening. And then it was like, on top of that, like trying to heal while recognizing like, holy shit, like what kind of parent have I actually been? Like I thought I was doing, that's the thing. I feel like we, we think that we're doing, let me rephrase that. It's not even that we think we are. I think we are doing the best we can with what we know. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the more we know, I think the more we tend to like get in our head and be like, holy shit, (laughs) 
what, like, what have I done? What am I doing? How do I fix this? And like, for me, I was like, oh my gosh, my kids are, are old. Like they're not, but they are yeah. right. Like I'm going, I've got one that's getting ready to gra- graduate high school. So like, I'm not done, but also like I'm done. So w- what do you do with that? Right. Like, what do you do with that when your kids are that much older? And, um, so it was like a process of navigating, <laughs> like all of that at the same time while being married, you know, being in a relationship with my husband who was not going through an awakening, who things were the exact same for him. So, you know, uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that when there's like all of, it's like, we've got all of these different fires going like as a mom anyway, and as, you know, like a wife or significant other or whatever. And then on top of that, you throw in the healing and you throw in awakenings and you throw in like all of these other things. And, you thought that you were like exhausted and overwhelmed before. And then it like really hits you and you're like, what am I doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so I guess my first thing is, did you think motherhood was motherhood different after you became a mother? Like even before the awakening, right? Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of moms say, and I feel it too it's not what you thought it was going to be. Oh, no, not at all. And like when I had my oldest, my, my oldest, I was 20. And then I had my next one, um, 13 months later. So it was like, I was a baby. <laughs> I was a baby and they were babies. And no, it was nothing. It was nothing like what I, what I thought it was going to be. And I mean, part of it was, yes, like I was still, I mean, 20 is, you're still a kid when you're 20. I I don't don't know what people say, like you are still a kid when you're 20. So I was doing that and, um, yeah. And like trying, I was like trying to grow up and be a mom at the same time. Mm -hmm. And no, it was absolutely it was absolutely nothing like what I thought it was going to be. It was, it, it was so much harder. It was so much, um, more pressure. I feel like, because even in, you know, I feel like a lot of times when you have kids and they're younger, you like start, you, you try to like network, right. You, you start to have this new group of friends who are also moms, right? And so you join play groups and you do like all of these different things and try to make these connections so that your kids have friends and then you have friends to relate to. And I found um no matter where I went and like we had moved around several different places um while my kids were my older two were really little. And it felt like no matter where we were, there was always this like um like competition almost that like existed amongst like all the, uh, amongst all the moms, like to be this like super mom all of the time. And so it was, I, I felt even at the time, like, I'm like, I, I know I'm wearing a mask. I know I'm masking going out there and, you know, do being one thing. And then like, I'm coming home completely exhausted from all of this because like this, this isn't actually like, it didn't feel good, but I didn't realize that I thought that's, I thought that's what it meant to be a mom. I thought it meant that you did everything by yourself. I thought it meant that, you know, you were tired all the time. I thought that it meant that you just run yourself ragged. I thought that's what motherhood meant because that's what I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And with hindsight now, can you relate to the not being authentic? And that's why you were always so exhausted. Yeah, I think that is definitely, I I think that's definitely a huge piece of it. I think that um, like I was trying, uh, like for me, I, I did not have like the best childhood. I didn't have the best relationship with my mom. And so I was like trying to make up for that. Mm-hmm. And so I would do, and and I think there's still a piece of me now that still does that, even after all the healing, even after all the work that I've done, I think there's still a piece of me that I so badly don't want to be that, mm-hmm. that I think that I swing so far in the other direction, like trying to do all these things. Like, I just want, like, I just wanted my kids to know, like, you are the most important thing to me. I will do anything for you. Like all of these things. Right. And so there was those pieces that I truly wanted to to do that and do all of those things for them. And like, that is the kind of mom I wanted to be. And at the same time, like I completely lost myself. And so it was like in that losing myself, I think that's where that like inauthenticity came in. And so that's where um, I think that whole like separation came. And I I feel like there are a lot of times that I was just like, just going through the motions, but I was like completely detached. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's like probably twofold where you can't be your authentic self because you never got the support in your childhood to be that person. So you have all this luggage that got passed down through the generations, right? Like you know, people, I, I really strongly believe that we're not here to blame anyone because their, their baggage that they passed on was passed on to them by their parents. And then they got, you know, so we're like talking people, we don't even know their names. Exactly. BS that we're carrying around. (laughs) Right. So you're carrying around all this BS. You don't know who you are. You don't have self-worth. You don't have self-love. And then, so you can't be authentically yourself. And then you get thrown into the like keeping up with the Joneses. And I can only imagine at the age of 20 when, like like you said, you are still a baby mm-hmm. trying to do that, right? Like I was an older mom, so I didn't have my kids until I was 35, 37. And I still had a lot of healing to do, even though I was older, right? Yeah. But so I can't even imagine. I definitely was a better version Mm-hmm. at 35 37 then 20 but yeah. still needed like you know I just didn't know like you don't know what you don't know right yeah. um so yeah I think that we get stuck in this rat race and then all of a sudden that we just don't I feel like a lot of people don't feel like they have the time to mm-hmm. take care of themselves because you have a job you have to make money or okay maybe you don't but you're still a stay-at-home mom and you're taking care of kids right and I also think that there's also to go along with everything you said there's also that piece of if I start doing all of these things for me that makes me selfish right Like, I think that that is just the stigma that also gets attached that, oh, well, if you're working on yourself, if you're loving yourself, if you're doing these things for yourself, that's selfish because first and foremost, everything you should do, your, your should always be about your kids first when really it's that it's that healing. It's finding the self-love. It's like learning to be the most authentic version of yourself. It's all of that. When you do that, that's actually the best thing you can do for your kids and yeah. for the life. 
Absolutely. It is like the, um, the scales that are never going to balance out, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be times where you have to be selfish and you have to, you know, do some inner work that is just going to require you to either leave the house and go on a retreat or like go rent a place for you to heal or if that means consistently showing up at therapy or using a modality, going to yoga, going to an exercise thing. And that, that naturally is just going to unbalance the scales because you're not going to be with your kids. Right. And, and getting to a place of like, that's okay. Because yes. if I stay with my kids and I continue to be the way I am, it's just going to get worse for everyone involved. But yeah, a thousand percent. And it, it's never going to be completely balanced. No. Never. No matter what you do, even if you weren't working on yourself, it's still not balanced, yeah. right? Like it's still not balanced. So it's not, you're never going to get that piece. And I think that even when you get into like that healing phase, like, so I think one of the first things that happens a lot of time is you're like, oh my gosh, how much have I, have I like traumatized my kids? How much yeah. trauma have I put there? Right? No, like, that's not the thing. The thing is, it's not even, I, I feel like it's not even about that. It's the fact that your kids get to watch you heal. Your kids get to watch you take all of these things and put yourself first. Your kids get to watch you do the things that light you up and to be this best version of yourself. And then what that does and what I, and I have absolutely seen this in my own kids is it gives them permission to do the exact same thing because they're picking up on your traits. They're picking up on everything that you're doing anyway. So you may as well be doing the healthiest version for all of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that you're in tune with this where like, it's the whole do as I say, don't do as I do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, the reality is, is that your kids are energetically picking up on your truth. So you can sit there and say to, let's say a mother daughter relationship, like, oh, you're so pretty. You're so smart. Like, you know, you're so loving. Or if the mother doesn't feel that about themselves, it does not matter what you're telling your kid, because they are just these energetic creatures for, you know, the first quite few years of their life. And they're mm -hmm. just going to suck that stuff in. So that's where you get parents going, but oh, I just gave you the best life. I did so much better than my parents. It's just like, yeah, but you still had all that energetic BS behind you that you didn't realize. And you energetically put that on me. And now I'm saying, sitting here going, what's wrong with me? Like, I know I have a good life. I know my parents showed up for me. I know this, you know, I know they did the best that they could. Why do I still feel that way? And it's that, um, it's that unseen element that we're just now, I mean, it's always been around and I'm, I know the hippies in the sixties, they were right. Okay. Everyone just admit they were right. But obviously it's coming to the more consciousness for more people. Um, and like you say, my mom is, 65 in March, I'm 42 soon. And my mom, luckily, I feel very grateful that she's decided to do her own work. And even at those ages, I feel the benefits of my mom healing, right? Even though I don't need my mom necessarily to do anything for me anymore. I, I absolutely am like benefiting from her doing her own healing, which is so weird. We don't live in the like I'm in, I'm in Hawaii, right? Like I'm not near anyone. Yeah. Um, so, but I still feel that energetic pull and we are having a better relationship because of that. 
And and I've worked on my own BS too, right? It, it takes well, time. <laughs> yeah, sure. And did your mom start working on her own self like after you started or was this like something that you picked up from her? No, this is all, this is all daughter, daughter led. No, that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like I feel like there that that's kind of like this. Um, we're in this generation of like you just to use your words, this daughter-led revolution for I think for this the version, the uh, generation that came right before us, right? And so they're seeing all of this work with, that we're doing, they're seeing all of the benefit, they're seeing that like the difference and the impact it's making in the relationships with our kids, their grandkids. And I think that it's it's very enticing for, for so many of them and not everyone, not everyone's doing it. And like my mom's not doing it, but, um, <laughs> but she, I think that that that's also okay. Yes. Like that's yeah. the other, like, that's okay. That's not where she is. And I think I can see that the desires there and we have had multiple conversations and maybe one day that's going to be a step that she takes. And that would be fantastic. But also if she doesn't, that's also okay because she is who she is. Mm -hmm. And it's like one of those things where, you know, you have to come to that on your own. And if you do in this lifetime, fantastic. And if you don't, that's okay too. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird. Cause I have like two coin, like two people, like my dad, zero, yeah. my zero. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that's okay. And I've accepted him for that. And I think within your own healing, um, it, it is this kind of like acceptance because you do realize once you start unpacking the luggage that you got, you're like, oh, this doesn't belong to me. And it actually doesn't even belong to you. I have compassion and sympathy for you and why you are the way you are. And the reality is you grew up in a society that this was like not accepted right? Talk therapy wasn't even accepted. So we're not even going to get into woo-woo breath work and energy yeah. and all, like all the stuff we're doing, right? Yeah. And focusing on like the gifts you can give your children and the luggage, how much lighter. And that's what I keep reminding myself because, you know, I'm not perfect and I wasn't, I'm never going to be perfect, but um, I definitely like within my fertility coaching right I can now give the gift to people be like sort your shit out before your kids come because I'm telling you it's so much harder you don't realize you're just going to carry on this stuff and it's harder like motherhood isn't going to be what you thought it was going to be because they're going to be these little mirrors and they're going to expose all the stuff you didn't realize that was there um and I now in my motherhood it's just like I'm so glad that the luggage is going to be so much lighter for you. Yeah. Right. You're still going to have to deal with shit. Sorry. Sorry, kid. <laughs> you know, yeah, but, absolutely. but it's going to be so much lighter. And the more I continue to grow myself, I can tell that it's rubbing off on, you know, my family inside my home. And like you say, they see this version and they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I know. It's, I, I feel like when, so my oldest daughter, like this, her entire life, it was, okay, so you're, you know, you're going to go to college and then get a job. Like, that's kind of like what your path is. And that's kind of like how we always talked with her about it. And it wasn't like one of those, like drilling it in kind of conversations, but it's just something that we always really kind of told her. And then 
with like my own, my own awakening where, you know, I completely left, um, like completely left the preschool. I was teaching preschool at the time, completely left that and dove into spirituality and became like a spiritual life coach and all the things. And then switched to like business coaching and like all of these things. Right. And I'm just like, started like following my path. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. And things kept changing. And I'm like, I'm just following what lights me up. And then she came and she was like a semester into college and it was still during COVID. And she's like, so like, I really hate doing this. Like school sucks and I'm not having fun and I don't want to do this. And I think I just want to be a hairstylist. And I'm like, done do it. And she was like, wait, what? Really? And I'm like, that's okay. And I'm like, absolutely. Like you've got to follow what feels good. And now she's, you know, a couple of years into that. And she's like, you know, deciding, is this my path now? Or it, or is there something else that's calling to me? And it's one of those things that had, I feel like had I not gone through my own healing, I don't know that she would have felt the permission to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Right. So like for, so I can really see it in her, like as my oldest. And I feel like a lot of times your oldest, like they get that rawest, roughest version of you. Right. Because you jump in, you have no idea what you're doing. And then this first, this first kiddo comes along and you know, you're winging it, you're trying to figure it out. And A lot of times that's like the time that, you know, you're overprotective or you're all of the things like trying to just trying to figure it out and navigate motherhood period. And so they're just kind of, you know, like standing by <laughs> they're they're like the guinea pig I feel like when you have multiple kids they're, they're your guinea pig and so like for her like when I see her and the way that just the way that she is and how open she is um to like the entire like spirituality in general and healing and doing like her own her own things and and diving into it it's it's one of those things where I already feel great that I've done everything for me but I can really see that there and it, it feels really, really good. Like to see that. And I just like, so even in those like moments where I'm like, God, I wish I would have done this, you know, 20 years ago, (laughs) um, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Like this was the time and it's fine. And it's, you know, I'm okay with that, especially because I can see how much, like, I can just see it in my kids and it's absolutely worth every tear it's worth every like trying to figure it out moment it's worth all of that to feel whole yourself and then to be able to give that to you know your family as well yeah and if you're along the lines of believing that everyone signs up for what they sign up for right that kind of gives you that permission slip of like well that was their choice as well to come in when they came in and move through this journey together. Yep. Oh, a thousand percent. And like, that's the other thing too, is when we get, you know, kind of caught up with, oh my gosh, you know, I wish I would have done all this sooner. And like Mm -hmm. all of, you know, like what trauma have I already given my kids and like all of this stuff that again, that, that was what they signed up for. They signed up to, experience all of these lessons. And had I been a different version, then perhaps that wouldn't have been my child Mm -hmm. because that's not what they signed up for. So it all, when you, I feel like when you start to look at it like that, it all just lines up um, so beautifully that 
you can't help but be appreciative of whenever you you take the journey. It doesn't the when doesn't really matter. It's it's just leaning into your time of doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you had you have hindsight now, yes. <laughs> if you could go back to just the version of you in 2020, what would you say? Like, what kind of things would you have done differently, if if any at all? Like when I first started going through everything, or yeah, before- we, no, when you first started awakening, right? Like you can't, like I, I, you can't go back anything. Yeah. But if if you could do the journey again with ease, right? Because you said that it was really hard. And obviously when you have knowledge, you can share it with other people to help them have an easier time. Everyone's got to go through it, but what would you say to yourself? So this is what I would say, but also, no, let me just preface this with, I know I wouldn't have listened. Yeah, (laughs) totally. A hundred (laughs) percent. But I, I think that I, I think that what I would say is even in going through all, even in going through the awakening and starting the healing process, there's no pressure there. It's all okay. It's all okay. It's just every single day that I can show up for myself every single day. I take one step, even if the very next day I fall back three steps, it's okay because you're going to get there. And like, when I say you're going to get there, it's, I don't believe that healing is ever done. I don't believe that we're ever fully done because life continues to happen and old wounds continue to come up maybe in different ways. Um, And so I, I feel like, like healing is something that you're constantly working on. Like you're always working on yourself in that way. But that said, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get to a point where you feel better and you feel good and where the healing and when you do things like that, like it doesn't hurt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always going to hurt. It's not always going to be tears. It's not always going to feel like, oh my gosh, there were, for me, there were so many times that I wished that I was like, why, why did I have to wake up? Like, wasn't life so much easier before? <laughs> Right. But then I can also sit there that other side of me and go, no, it wasn't. Don't you remember you were absolutely like miserable, running yourself ragged and overwhelmed and filled with anxiety and like all the things. And so, no, it actually, it actually wasn't better. So I think it's one of those, if I could really, the one thing I'd really want to like drill into myself is that, um, there's so much time. There's so much it's going to get easier and, um, everything is happening and unfolding exactly as it's meant to. Yeah. I think it's the whole kind of pressure, especially when you're in business, right? Like when you become an Mm -hmm. entrepreneur or maybe you're even set in old ways. Um, but this whole, uh, the whole kind of conversation in the like manifesting healing spirituality world is that I think coaches forget their beginning. Yeah. And they, I just heard it the other day too. This uh, mutual was like, you just don't have to believe that there's anything to heal, that anything's broken. And I was like, that's, that's like 
far down your not far down your journey but that's I don't want to say levels but that's on like you're running a marathon right that's maybe like a mile I don't know how long a marathon is but like 17 right (laughs) when you're just starting this and telling someone to just don't believe that there's anything to heal well that's kind of bs because there is a lot to heal there is. And you have to look that dead in the eye. You have to open Pandora's box and get uncomfortable and get emotional and heal those things. If you're telling people just just be at a different vibration, just think positive thoughts, don't think that you have this issue, right? No, use that as a stepping stone and have, I believe, the deep-rooted belief in it's possible to change this. Yes. Believing that it does get better, believing that you have the power to change it. Yeah. Believing that, you know, it, it's not even that it's not that there's not something to fix or that there's not, a, because that's the other thing too. We, we hear a lot about like, you know, there's nothing that needs to be fixed. Well, when you're in that phase of life, yeah. it really does feel like there's a whole lot of shit that needs fixed, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know exactly, exactly how I felt. So when you tell someone that I feel like all that does is makes them feel like I don't see you, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. like the truth of the matter is, is yeah, there's things that you want to fix and what, and fix is a relative term, right? Like what does fix even mean, you know, really, but the truth is, is you do get to feel better. And so if you can hold on to that, there is a light not even at the end of the tunnel, but there's a light. If you can just take a couple more steps, it's there. Mm -hmm. It's there. You don't have to get all the way to the end, but if you just keep taking those steps, you're going to reach that light. Yeah. It's really just consistency. Mm -hmm. Um, Just was on a discovery call and she said, I got my hope back. And uh, there's a great book, How We Change. And he talks about how uh, hope is the driver of change. So if you're, you know, you have to have that hope to instill like, yeah, there is hope, there is something down there that I want, and I'm going to consistently show up for myself and not get sucked into, I really think like the spirituality world has become the new keeping up with the Joneses, Mm -hmm. right? Like I got to get there quick. If it doesn't happen within six months, if I don't manifest this in like two weeks, then it doesn't work, right? Where- I think we know as me, I'll speak for myself, someone who got caught up in that stuff (laughs) knows that that's not how it works. No. And the other piece of it is you can absolutely have things that happen just like that, but that doesn't mean it's going to be like that always. Like, especially in the beginning, you're going to have those, like, you're going to have the moments where you're like, oh my gosh, I feel great. Everything's amazing. And like, this is happening for me. And I manifested this, I manifested that. But guess what? The very next day you could literally be like, what am I doing? Why am I here? What, you know, like have all of the question and, and be questioning your very existence. Mm-hmm. Like that is part of the process. I think of healing. It's part of the process of being an entrepreneur. It's part of the process. Just, I think of like of living and learning to and learning to hold even a, a, a higher vibration. Like you can't just 
snap your fingers and do it. It's practice. You have to do it over and over and you have to show up and you have to give yourself grace on the days that you fall, but also not use those days that you fall as like, as an excuse to just stay there. Like sometimes like our very motivation has to just come because we just did it. It's not there. We don't feel the motivation, but we still have to take the step anyway. And as long as we're taking some kind of step, the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest step, that's still progress. All right, guys, we are going to pretend like it's 1992 and we are going to pause this episode. It's to be continued. This is called anticipation. If you have not felt this in a really long time, you're welcome. I think it's a feeling that we all need to bring back into our lives. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. And thank you once again for tuning in and looking forward to continuing this conversation on the next episode. Thank you so much again for joining us here on Choices. You can go ahead and leave a five-star review because we're all friends here. But if you really want to move the conversation forward, please connect with us on our social media accounts, which you can find the links below. Have a beautiful week and we'll see you next time here on Choices.